Good evening, everyone. How you doing? Good, 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 good. Okay, so um, this year, if you've not been in church at all, you might not know that this, the whole year at Ivy, we're doing the year of equipping, um, which is basically finding your place and fulfilling your purpose. And I am super excited about this because I really feel like God is basically trying to equip me. And I was like, oh, this works well, because everyone's going to do it. Great, let's all get on board together. And what will happen is if we get equipped, if we know who we are, if we know what God is calling of us, if we know our skills and our giftings, then we know what we can do. And we also know what we can't do, which is quite liberating. And we know how we can play a part of this incredible adventure that God is calling us to. So I'm really excited about it. So tonight, we're going to look at um, gifts. Um, By show of hands, who was here last week? Okay, so fabulous. So um, we had some great talks. Ben in the morning and Andy in the evening were talking about your gifts. And they did a little test. And basically, the test is an APES test, and it talks about whether your main gifting is apostle or prophet or teacher or shepherd or evangelist. So if you've not done that, that test, it would be great if you did that, because we found that really helpful. Did you guys find that helpful last week? Yeah, great. Okay, so um, uh, that would be really great if that's something you could do. But what we're going to do really quickly is we're going to, tonight, is we're going to look at the gifts again quickly. We're going to look at what are they for, and then we're going to look at... Um, what might stop us from using those gifts. Okay, so if you don't remember anything else, remember this. This is the next slide. Okay, good. There she is. There's my little girl. She's three. And basically, tonight we're going to be looking at the gifts. And my point is, if you don't show up with your gifts, if one, you don't know what they are, so you don't turn up, or two, if you decide, you know what, I'm not playing ball, regardless of the reason why you might not show up, is we're all going to look a little bit weird. Okay, so the church needs you. So here we go. What are the gifts? Okay, now, would you mind standing up for me? We're going to read together Ephesians 4. In the um, Old Testament in times and when Jesus was around, they used to actually publicly read the scriptures together. And I think it's a really great habit. So why don't we do that? Um, you can either follow along or you can, on the screen or you can find it in your Bibles. It's Ephesians 4 verses 11 to 16. So are you ready? Okay, here we go. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers to equip his people for the works of service so that the body of Christ might be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. There Oh, here we go. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up as each part does its work. Thanks very much. Take a seat. Thank you. Okay, so we looked at last week these, four, these five gifts that come from um, 
the Holy Spirit. And what's amazing, later on in the passage in Ephesians, it talks about Jesus. When Jesus died, he went down and he got the keys to death and Hades. And when he rose back up, he hung around for about 30 days and then he went back into heaven. When he went back into heaven, he gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit gives us these gifts. So these gifts are actually our inheritance. This is the stuff that Jesus actually fought for on the cross, as well as beating and conquering sin and death and and having victory over all that. The other plus side is that he comes and brings us these incredible gifts so that we can actually do what he did. We can actually be who he was, like he was. It's not like, oh, wow, Jesus did all these miracles and now we've just got to hope for the best that we might be a good person. It's that he has given us these gifts so that we can do all that he's asking us of. Isn't that great? Okay, well, I found it was pretty good. <laughs> so these are our inheritance. Okay, let's quickly look at them. Um, uh, I've got a crazy slide, as you can tell. I was slightly in kid mode when I did this PowerPoint. So as I go through them, you can decide uh, kind of who you, who you might be. But um, let's first look at shepherd and pastor. Okay, so this is someone who shepherds God's people, who cares for others with a tender heart. Um, in John 10, Jesus himself was called the good shepherd. So these are probably in society, we'd see them as counsellors, social workers, and other caregiving professions. Okay, so raise your hand if you feel like maybe this might be one of your primary giftings, if you might be a pastor or shepherd. Okay, hi, nice to see you. Okay, that's great, fabulous. Okay, the next one is teacher. And that's described as one who holds the truth and is very excited by it. Good. Um, And Jesus uh, was referred to a rabbi, wasn't he? Um, And in society, we see that the teachers are people like lecturers, trainers, and school teachers. Okay, so pop your hand up if you think maybe that your first primary gifting is teacher. There you are. You can come up here, take the mic. No, great. Fabulous. That's amazing. Okay, the next one is apostle. This is called someone who is sent out. So this is your visionary people, your pioneers. Um, Jesus was sent by God, wasn't he? So Jesus basically embodies all of these things. And... um, Examples of this in society as like entrepreneurs and explorers, that kind of thing. So what by show of hands, who feels like they may be apostle? That might be your main gifting. Hello. Have you got some good shoes on? Because you're about to go out. Okay, good. All right, Fab um, Evangelist. So this is someone who brings good news, shares the message readily. Obviously, Jesus was the good news. Um, and he shared, you know, like, do you remember the story of the woman at the well where he was just fabulous news to her in her sadness and her her depression he basically was great news so in society evangelists might look like something like salesmen politicians or public relations that kind of thing so pop your hands up if you think that's your primary gifting as an evangelist fab brilliant okay great we love you we need you and you can go out and save the world in a minute okay and the last one is the prophet Okay, so this is someone who hears and listens to God and foretells uh, and tells revelation about God. Okay, so Jesus, every word he spoke was from the Father, right? So he was basically speaking, everything was revelation. But he also did things like he foretold Peter's denial, didn't he? And he told about the temple being torn down in three days and then being rebuilt. 
So we often find in society that prophetic people will be often creative and musicians and artistic and that kind of thing. So pop your hands up if you feel that that might be your main gifting. Fab. Okay, yeah, I think that's one of mine as well. So great. We'll have a little party later. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Okay, so the idea with these gifts is we're not trying to pigeonhole you, but there may be one that you feel like that is something that you feel more like, yeah, that, do you know what, that is actually a bit more like me. And that is probably going to be your base gifting, okay? So there's kind of a, a base and a phase ministry, so we're just quickly going to look at that. So your base gifting is what we've just gone through. Yeah, I think I'm probably a bit prophetic. I think that's my main thing. Or yeah, I think I am probably an evangelist. But then there is something called phase ministry, which is a bit like um, you're going through a season in your life where you have to operate outside the gifting that you feel is your main gifting. Okay, so for instance, um, I'm a bit of a mix, I think, of prophetic and evangelistic. But when I worked for the Message Trust, I was very evangelistic because we were doing kind of lots of gigs and that kind of thing. And we were living on Eden. So we were talking with young people all the time when they came to the door about faith and about Jesus. And so that was something that was definitely right up there alongside my prophetic gifting in that season. But there may be times when God calls you to be something, uh, to kind of go into a season where you're trying to do one of the others and it's not a strong gifting. And that is, you just need to recognize that season and say, oh, okay, God's calling me into something that I don't necessarily feel equipped in. Maybe I need teaching or maybe I need support or prayer. And I need a lot of grace with myself because God is trying to teach me something that is outside my skill set. Okay? Um, and the other thing to know about all of these gifts is that there's kind of two categories that you can kind of pop them in. And they are pioneers and developers. <laughs> like, seriously, look, Bob the Builder has got involved. I like that. Okay, and so basically, this is when, uh, say for instance, okay, let's just imagine it a bit like this. New territory. We're all going into a new territory, and we're going to build a city. And we're in there, and so we need people that are going to build the house, build the place where we're going to live. We're going to have people who are going to build good foundations and going to build a solid place. But we also need people to go out and scout the land. We need people to go and find out where the water is, where are the people, where is the enemy, what are the threats, yeah? And just as we're building the kingdom of God, we need both of those things in the church to help us. We need the builders and we need those that are going to go and pioneer. So pioneers are generally, they're kind of the apostles, the evangelists and the, pre, uh, the prophets. And the builders, the developers are more of the teachers and the pastors. And we need both but if you're very strongly maybe an evangelist, you might get really annoyed with the people that are really strongly a builder. Why are you staying in the house? I just think we should all get out of the house and preach for everybody. And they're going, why are you preaching everyone? Haven't you looked inside the house? We've got no walls. Okay. And so we have to have grace with each other. We need each other in the kingdom of God. That makes sense? Good. Okay, so what are the gifts for? Okay, Ephesians 4 says, these gifts are for the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up as each part does. So this is to build his kingdom. That's what we're in the process for. That's why you're giving it. Yeah, it's amazing for yourself. It's amazing for us as individuals to know, okay, this is what I am. This is who I am. But it's not just for me. 
It's not, Ems has this brilliant quote in her new book. It's like, a cherry tree doesn't make cherries so it can feed itself. Okay, so this fruit, this is great stuff, and this is for the kingdom of God. So what is the church? Okay, well, the definition, <laughs> that's just for your little self, clip art, don't you love it? Okay, so the definition of church in, like, you know, if you look in the dictionary, it is a building used for public Christian worship. But we also know that it is far more than that. Why don't we have a little look at this video? Um, you may recognize a few crazy faces, and then we're going to talk a little bit more about this. Everyone was filled with wonder and awe by the many signs and wonders performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to them the daily those who were being saved. Okay, so we've heard that, haven't we? Acts 2, 42 to 47, and, and that is the early church. And basically, guys, that is where we're shooting for. That is what we're heading for as a church, is a church and a community of people that will love each other, that, that will worship, that will break bread, that will pray, that will go out and that will preach the good news. And so we're not going to apologize, but this year we're going to do a lot more communion because we really feel that um, that is going to be something that is... Uh, well, what they did in the early church, and it's also what Jesus is calling us to. It brings unity. It reminds us what Jesus has done. So we're going to continue to do that stuff in Acts 2 and push for more of that as we go forward in this year. Okay, so would you like to meet the church according to uh, Corinthians 12? Corinthians 12 talks about the church as being one body but many parts. Would you like to meet it? Okay, here we go. There is the church. <laughs> It's clip-artastic. Now, unfortunately, obviously, the church is the bride. But for right now, we're just going to pretend it's a hairy man. Does that work out well? Okay, good. Okay, so here he is, and all his parts are working nicely. He has a lovely uh, heart, and that is um, the shepherds and the pastors. He has fabulous feet. There they are. There's the apostles' feet. He has a great mouth. He's the evangelist. He has fabulous ears, so he can hear the Lord as a prophet, and great hands, because he's the teacher. Okay, so what happens if we don't show up? What happens if something is missing from church? Let's check this out. Okay, here we go. There we are. There's no teachers and there's no pastors and shepherds. And uh, we look interesting. We're pretty fast. I'd imagine we're going to go quite far. We can talk a lot, which is great. And we're full of revelation. But the problem is we have absolutely no heart. And we have no one that has the hands that will gather and teach and will go, do you know what? There's one. I'm going to go out for the one. That's what Jesus did, didn't he? The great shepherd. He said, let's, you know, the lost sheep and the lost coin, let's find the one and bring him back. And so we need a balance. Otherwise, we're going to look really weird. What about this? Oh, good. 
Look, he's looking firm. He's got loads of heart and loads of hands. But he can't, there's no revelation. There's no preaching of the word. There's no going out. There's no sending out. The church is looking weird. And we know that ourselves, don't we? That when we see churches that are specializing and pushing in one area, but neglecting another area, it's actually stunted. And we want to be a church that fully embraces everyone. Even if you look totally different to me, I know that you are important and you have to play your part as well as I have to play my part. Whatever your gifting is, we need it. And we want you to bring it. We want you to show up because otherwise we're going to look a bit weird. Are you getting the point? Okay, let me read this. It's 1 Corinthians 12, verses 18 to 27. You can follow along if you like. Let's just make sure that my U version has got it. Here we go. Uh, Verse 18. But... In fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them. If we were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head can't say to the feet, hey, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honourable, we should treat with special honour. And the parts that are unpresentable, we are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honour to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that it but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers. If one part is honoured, every part rejoices with it. Now, you are the body of Christ. Each one of you is a part of it. You're all a part of it. So let's just finally look at maybe the reasons what's stopping us from being a part of it or bringing our gifting to the table. We're listening to some great um, stuff by Danny Silk. Sorry, we're going to skip back just once. Um, And he says this brilliant quote, there are no powerless people in the kingdom of God. (laughs) He actually wrote, there are no powerful people. (laughs) Okay, so it is actually the no powerless. And the idea is that he talks about this brilliant thing of you cannot control anyone else. In fact, if you do try and control somebody, that's actually you working out of fear. And we shouldn't work out of fear, should we? We should work out of a place of love. So actually, the only person that you can control on a good day is yourself. Absolutely. And so regardless of what anybody else is doing or saying, whatever else is going on around you, you have the responsibility to control you and to say, I will bring my staff to the table. I will continue to serve. I will show up with my gifts regardless of what's happening. Okay, let's have a little quick look at some of these things that stop us just as we finish. Oh, we would, but I can't find the slide. Okay, here we go. (laughs) We'll go with this, thanks. Okay, the first one is this. Um, misunderstanding. So we live in an imperfect world and uh, there are imperfect people around us every day. So the problem is 
basically, if you want to avoid conflict or disharmony, you should probably stay in a box. Okay, because whenever we go out, there are going to be people that come against us or there's going to be situations that happen. But the problem is with misunderstanding, it's an annoying one because actually you can be like, well, they didn't get me. And this is me, but they didn't get me. So I'm just going to hide. I'm just going to go away. They don't need me or I'm just going to take my ball home. And do you know what? That is something that I have done many times. And I had a bit of a moment where Jesus turned up to me um, I was praying about something and I have these moments where I think because my prophetic gifting that's my vibe but I have these moments where I'm praying about something and suddenly I just feel like this the atmosphere in the room shifts and I'm like oh hi Jesus (laughs) okay let's have a chat and I felt like he just said to me yeah you feel like you've got scars do you want to see mine and his scars were fully based on misunderstanding They did not get who he was. But they are his victory. They are his beauty. And actually, if we stay in a place of misunderstanding, we will miss out on victory and beauty. And so actually, you just need to know, again, don't worry about what else is going on. You can only control you. I'm going to stand back up. I'm going to show up. I'm going to get involved. The next one is criticism. Um, Yeah, that's a big one, isn't it? We often get criticised for stuff. Um, It's really tricky if people are criticising you. You know that thing, sometimes people have that thing of the disease to please. Have you heard about that? You know, you just want to please people so that people don't say horrible things about you. And um, I am a person that likes people to say nice things. I'm, you know, words of affirmation. I I appreciate that. And so I, I have to be really careful as well about criticism. And there is this amazing quote that I found. Um, you may have heard it already from Theodore Roosevelt. And he talks about this concept of only allowing criticism to come from people that are actually in the arena with you. Can I read you this quote? It's, you can read along with me. It says this. It's not the critic who counts. Not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done it better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who is, who comes up short again and again, but because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds who knows great enthusiasm, great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy course, who at at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly. So that at this place should never be with those cold and timid souls who never knew victory or defeat. And so what he's basically saying there is, you know, people easily criticise when they're on the side of things and they easily criticise, but actually don't listen to them if they're not getting involved and if they're not in the arena, if they're not getting their face dirty. And I think that that's one of the great things, isn't it, about just not listening to certain people unless that you think, do you know what, I've given you permission to speak into my life and I've given you permission to correct me. And there should be some of those people in your life because we do need challenging and changing. But if we listen to everybody, we're never going to get up. We're never going to dare greatly. We're not going to show up and bring our gifts to the table. Thirdly, 
Jealousy and comparison. Ooh, that's a hardcore one. Jealousy is born out of comparison. You know that track in your head, you know, I'm not good enough, they're really great, they've got loads better than me, their skills are way more better than me, like, they're really gifted, I'm just nothing. Okay, no, this is rubbish. Check out this quote. When you know who you truly are, the need to compare yourselves to others would have become highly unnecessary. That's what I love about this year of equipping. It's because we can find out who we truly are. And then we can go, it's okay, because this is me. And this is what I can offer and what the Lord has given me. And if he hasn't given me any of that stuff, well, great, because he's probably given it to someone else. And let me champion them and cheer them on. We need to be a body of Christ that just knows who we are as individuals, but we're playing a bigger part. We're part of a team. We're part of a body that says, okay, if I can't do it, there'll be somebody else and let me cheer them on greatly. And fourthly is this. Sometimes we don't show up. Sometimes we don't bring our gifts to the table regarding stuff because we don't know who we are or we're not believing the truth of who we are. When I first arrived at Ivy, they did this thing of like, write down your four gifts or areas of gifting. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. And my friend sat next to me and she's like, what are you talking about? You're this, you're this, you're this, you're this. And I was like, all right, writing it down like, okay, whatever she says. (laughs) Um, And I think God has taken me on a process. But actually, sometimes we can be really naive as Christians. Has anyone seen Avatar? (laughs) This is random. I tried to find the clip. But there's a bit in that where, so the avatar, he goes into the world and basically finds this girl. And she goes, you're such a baby. I don't know if you've seen it. But he's basically talking about how immature he is because he doesn't understand his surroundings. He doesn't understand his emotions. He's just acting like a little baby. And I think sometimes, do you know what? If we're not emotionally aware, we can suddenly act like a baby. And a baby can't speak. And a baby can't do much. Okay, But God wants us to be aware of who we are, become emotionally intelligent as Christians so that we can communicate clearly, so that we can know who we are. And I was looking for a quote to, to put with this. And I was like, let's read the Bible. The Bible is full of validation about who you are. And I just want to encourage you, you know, podcasts are great. Listen to some good stuff. But the real beauty is in the Word. And however you read the Bible, I want to encourage you, read it well this year. For me, I'm dyslexic. As you've noticed, reading is not one of my strong points. But I will listen. And so I've got the Bible and I press the audio. Praise God for whoever sat and read that out. But I listened to it. And I was listening to it while I was cleaning. And it was like a really good podcast. I was like, this is really good. Oh yeah, that totally makes sense. And that You know, sometimes we can fill our lives with so many other things. And actually, we need to stop and go, when was the last time I ate from the word of life? Like, I just need to get in that again. Because that will validate who you are. That will show you who you are. And that will remind you of the bigger story that we're all a part of. So, in passing and in finishing and all of the above, I just want to say, please show up. Cut off whatever is bothering you about why you're not bringing your gifts to the table. Because time is short and we all need you. Otherwise, we as Ivy will look weird. We're going to have weird teeth or something. Because we all need you. And you may see there is an area at Ivy and you think, do you know what? They're not doing this well. Well, maybe that's because that's the area that you can come on board with. 
Maybe that's something that you've seen that God is actually asking you to be a part of. We do loads of stuff here. And it is an exciting, incredible church to be a part of. But we need you. We actually need you. Because you complete us. So I just felt as a way of response, one of the things I just would love us to do is just prophetically, when we feel appropriate, just to stand up in a way of saying, okay, God, I recognize for me, whatever the reasons are that maybe I've stopped playing ball or I've decided I haven't got enough time or whatever it is, actually, I'm going to prophetically show up. I'm going to stand up and say, yes, let me burn for you again, God, in a company of people that are on fire. Because if you're on fire next to me, it's going to catch me. So stand up next to me so that I will be on fire as well. Thanks, guys.